Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Imagine a year where some of the funniest actors and one of the funniest comedy directors makes a new movie that's not very funny. <laughs> what year is that, Sandro? The year is 2001. One, 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 one. And welcome to Oldie Buddy Goody, the podcast talking about movies from 2001 in the order they came out in. My name is Sandro, my co-host is Zach, and Zach, comedies in 2001, we've done a whole lot of them. Yeah, I wonder what's your opinion on this movie, I haven't figured that one out yet. <laughs> yeah, well that's why I'm not asking me what my first impression Whoa. was, I'm being like, what did you think of comedies? And Because this week, Rat Race, and we got a guest, but we'll introduce him later. So far, they've not been great. I've been rather let down, um, but only at every turn. Mm. So I was looking forward to picking another one because comedies are my comfort zone. And you know what? I thought it was okay. Oh, we got an okay. Okay. We got an okay there from Zach, listeners. Let's see what our guest thinks. Coming in hot off a run of shows in New Zealand, it's Ben Volchok. Hello. Hello. Ah, the guest who's on all the time. And uh, you usually (laughs) do movies that we all agree are really good. But this time, you're not doing that. (laughs) Yeah, um, I I actually um, came on... This uh, show, I, I think there must have been some cross wires because I, I thought this was the um, the 2001 historical Italian drama <laughs> Ratarace. Oh, no. ah, ah, yes, a classic. The the classic that we all know and love. Um, but turns out it was an American comedy film directed by Jerry Zucker. One half of the Zucker brothers. One third of Zucker, Zucker and Abrams. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what did you think? You grew up watching this, didn't you? You're the only one of us who's seen this before. Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah. So, I I mean, yeah, I probably would have seen this around about when it first came out Whoa. on DVD. I was probably like 11 or 12 when that came out, when I watched this. And when I was 11 or 12, I really enjoyed this film. Mm. Um, I thought it was really, really funny. And so, I was keen to revisit it to see how it held up. And all I can say is I am a lot older. <laughs> yeah, it's probably been like, what, like 20 years since I've seen this film. Wow. Yeah. And those 20 years, real eye opener, <laughs> let me tell you. I feel like this is something that an 11, 12 year old would like. Mm. This feels like that sort of movie, hey, Zach? Mm. I haven't grown up from then, so I really enjoyed <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I thought it. No, I thought it was all right. I didn't think it was great, but you know. I, I still laughed a lot at certain moments. There was some really, really funny gags. I suppose we'll get into it later. Mm. But um, overall, it was really not very good. It swings a lot. Yes, that's true. They do shove a lot into it. Yeah. yeah. 
It's pretty fast-paced, which makes it entertaining. Like, it's definitely not a boring watch. That's a good thing. Yeah. I actually thought that the, like, the first bit of it, like, the setup, and then the end of it was really bad. <laughs> but the middle was like, actually not not bad. When they actually get into the race and they start, there's just a lot of stuff that happens. I think mm. possibly because of the sheer rate of gags. JPM? Yeah, G- GPM. Uh, yeah. I feel like they, they, you know, some of them hit. But the rest of the shit that they threw at the wall just slid off really slowly down onto the ground. <laughs> oh, that's a that's an image right there. Jerry Zucker's 60-year-old shit. <laughs> maybe maybe it's that that David Zucker wasn't around. Brothers together good, separate. Mm. Which actually I think was one of the things that um stood out in this film as one of the reasons why it didn't work for me was I think that style of humor and the you know the Zucker brothers style of humor I think it it really didn't gel with the with the style of filmmaking that it was you know this trying to be this modern comedy if they'd gone kind of full embracing that style that they are known for even visually and and you know the way it's shot the way it's edited I think it might have worked a little bit more. I think, you know, a lot of those things are quite played quite straight, played quite deadpan. Whereas this is zany from the get-go. Yeah, maybe. But we'll get into some details as to what worked, what didn't work. Because I think that also uh, comes down to which cast member and which journey you're talking about. Uh, but Zach, it, it, much like the various roads that the characters go on, there were many other roads that could have happened this week with other movies. Yes. Your other options that you could have chosen from were the American Outlaws, mm. uh, which were residents of a small town trying to stop the plans of a new railroad. We have Blood, the Last Vampire, which is an anime about a vampire that works for the government to fight demons. Oh, what are we? Some kind of weeb squad? Apparently not, because you chose Rat Race. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we have Captain... <laughs> Corelli's mandolin, a woman begins to fall in love with the Italian commander stationed on her island during the war. Uh, it's got an all-star cast, including Nick Cage, yeah. and it has very low ratings on Rotten Tomatoes, from what I remember. Yeah, although if Nick Cage is the Italian commander, I want to hear him do that accent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That should go somewhere in the cage drama too. Yeah. Um, we have uh, Jumping Ship, which is what we should have done, <laughs> which is a Disney Channel sequel to uh, Horse Sense, where teens are stranded on a desert island. Uh, surrounded by pirates. And I think we found out last week that that's also set in Australia or something. Mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Weird stuff. Do you know what? I think uh, out of this well of content, uh, this cesspool that these titles <laughs> yeah. all come from, I feel like you've chosen the best one of the bunch. Oh, yeah, for sure. Which is unusual for you two. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, the vampire anime could be good, but it was only like 45 minutes long. So <laughs> that's kind of mm, why I didn't mm. go for that. Um, otherwise, this is probably the choice. Yeah. I don't know. Nick Cage doing an Italian accent, though, that would be something else. <laughs> hey, <laughs> where's my mandolina? <laughs> <laughs> so this film was released August 17th. Now, I looked up a couple things about it. 
including the Google reviews, because they just kind of pop up. And on Google, it said, uh, this is a great remake of 1963's It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. Mm. I think that was the right amount of mads. Anyway, it's not official. It's not an official remake. It's just highly inspired. Mm. It's inspired by it. Stolen. I mean, inspired. (laughs) And it's written by a guy called Andy Breckman, uh, who is the creator of the acclaimed TV show Monk. But he's also... A script doctor who comes in, sees someone else's script, he comes in, he adds a few jokes. He's like, here's some Mm. jokes for your script. Bloody why, I wonder why Bloody forgot to add any to his own script. (laughs) (laughs) Interestingly, also responsible for writing the reboot of Sergeant Bilko with Steve Martin. So he's, I guess, got really something for for that uh, updated nostalgia. Oh, he's the co-host of a radio show called Seven Second Delay. Now, that's funny because in radio, uh, all radio uh, works on a seven second delay because if someone says a fuck word, (laughs) you can delay it. Nice inside knowledge there, Sandro. Thank you. Yeah, wow. I was on a national radio station once and I never had to use it. Nice. That's a shame. I'm glad you explained the joke. Now now I get it. You're, You're welcome. For the cast, we'll go through them later, because there's a lot, there's a lot. The opening credits for this movie is like a whole song, because they have so many cast members to fit in. Mm. The opening credits, which I didn't realise until the closing credits, but the opening credits and closing credits music was done by the Baja Men. Ah, Oh, that makes sense. It was a good song. Who also did Who Let the Dogs Out, which is (laughs) featured in this film. I think the intro needed more sound effects. That's all I wanted to say. Boing! Yeah, those were terrible credits. Can we just start from there? It's just, it, they were just so bland. Not a great start. It, it, it felt like every intro I've ever seen, but then blurred all together and then mushed into a great nothingness. You just know? characterless. The only character bit was when, like, they were introducing the pilot. And she, like, flies on the screen. Oh, yeah. I just wish they'd done that for, like, each character. To do the whole thing where it's like, this is their defining personality trait, you know? I don't know what you mean by the opening song was boring. I'm like, the lyrics are great. Life is nothing but a slap in the face. Mm. Life is nothing but a fat rat race. Great lyrics. How about Mm -hmm. every night I have a dream that you're taking off your dress, the only thing you're wearing is a button on your chest. Mm. These are classic lyrics from the Baja Men. (laughs) Right. Uh, this film's got 44% on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, landing it with a fat, rotten tomato. Audience score is a bit more positive, 64%. 6.4 out of 10 on IMDb, so funnily enough, that's the same across the board. B-plus on cinema score, which is, you know, kind of middling for cinema score, but not too bad. The general consensus was that, yeah, it's fast-paced, entertaining, uh, but a lot of the jokes do not land. More miss than hit. But, Zach, Mm. in 2001, every comedy that we've ever reviewed has had super negative reviews (laughs) calling out the gross-out humour. Not with this one. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They they didn't call it out. (laughs) It's a step in the right direction. (laughs) What? For comedy. Yeah, 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 yeah. This one's definitely a lot better because it doesn't, like, rely... Was there even a fart joke? I don't think there was any fart jokes in this movie. Wow, that's a lot of restraint. Yeah. (laughs) 
I was I was very worried when he went through the cow paddock. Oh, uh, yeah. Were you also having just flashbacks? To- <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Flashbacks to movies that shall not be named. Uh, well, I will name it for context. Uh, say it isn't so. No! Uh, he sticks his hand up a cow's ass yeah. in multiple times. But, like, I was expecting, like, either he hits a cow, the cow farts... Or he, like, falls off it and lands in a cow patty. Mm. But instead, he just got spat on. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And milked. There was milk. There was milk. And then he also got, like, sneezed on by the cow as well. Yeah. Which is gross, but it at least involves mostly the front end. And not the packet. Yeah, good point. So I'll give it a pass. This movie cost $48 million, which is not much, considering the cast. Yeah. Interestingly enough, I think uh, the cast loved the script. I know John Cleese went on record saying this is one of the best scripts he's ever read, which mm. I know that he hates film, but um, John Cleese. Maybe it was better on paper. I think, I think uh, the cast just enjoyed... They didn't really need to act so much as just fucking run around. True. You know, it probably would have been a fun one to film. Yeah, and because there's so many characters, there's not much for each actor to film as well. Yeah. But yeah, 48 million. Uh, what do you think this made in the box office? We'll start with Zachary. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> as I'm known. Yes. I think this did okay. I think this did reasonable. There was a lot of star power. Yeah. That brings people in. It's also a pretty easy comedy to consume. I'm going to say it made 80. 80 mil. All right. What do you think, Ben? So every time this comes around, <laughs> I forget that I'm not meant to check it first. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and so I, I, again, I went on Wikipedia and, and read it. So so I, I'll abstain. You'll abstain. Uh, or I can just be like, hmm, I wonder. I mean, you know, it's probably about doubled, but, you know, there was other more popular films out that weekend. Uh, so mm. you can you could adjust a little bit for uh, um, mm-hmm. for those. And so I reckon it probably doubled, but not quite. So I reckon mm-hmm. it's about 85.5 million. Wow, that's right. Yes, it ranked third behind American Pie 2 and Rush Hour 2 in the American box office that weekend. Yeah. I, I'm sorry, I'll, I'll try not to look it up next <laughs> <laughs> Nah, just keep doing it. <laughs> yeah, it cares. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Nothing really matters in this podcast. Although I got very close. You got really <laughs> close. Yeah, 85 mil. Oh, that was a good guess. Uh, two taglines. First tagline is, join the race. Wait, join the race? Like it's asking us to yes. join the race? Yeah. Yes. They only gave it to eight people. But I guess it's more like we're joining the spectators watching the race. No, it's saying, join the race, Zach. Yeah, but, okay, all right, but, like, it's are saying, we allowed? It's saying, join the race, Zach. <laughs> okay, <laughs> sorry, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry. Join it. Are we supposed to steal a key? <laughs> join the race, Zach. I'm gonna give that a thumbs down. Join the race, Zach. I'm gonna give it a thumbs down because I'm scared. That's uh, not a very good tagline. Um... <laughs> <laughs> The second tagline is a lot longer, though. It's 563 miles, nine people, $2 million, 101 problems. Oh, my God. That is a long title. Too long. They should have said 112 problems, because that's how many minutes this film runs for. (laughs) Oh, that would have been a pretty good joke. Because you see there, listeners, the film goes for 112 minutes. That's what I just said. Join the race, Sam. (laughs) Oh, no. No. 
Is this a nightmare? Am I dreaming right now? Join the race, Zach. Oh my god. I've got nothing to add on that tagline. It's very bland. Yeah, it was very long. I was gonna say, is that the whole poster? Is it just that one tagline? I think that was the trailer tagline. Ah, right. Oh my god. Join the race. Ah! What? Is that all the taglines? That's all of them, yeah. Oh, after all that, I really feel like joining the race. I don't know why. This episode is brought to you by The Race. Join the race. <laughs> all right. Uh, the plot of this movie is a lot. And we're going to go through each character's storyline separately, unless it doesn't work, in which we will abandon that idea halfway through. Mm. <laughs> so uh, the movie, Zach, how, like, what is the premise? Or what is the race? Join the race. <laughs> Sorry, I just heard something in my head, I think. I might be going slightly crazy, but that's uh, that's kind of what this movie does. Uh, So you have um, the premises, some really rich boy and his boys is like, hey, let's get common humans and treat them like horses in a race. Let's invite all these random people up. And send them on a race to get $2 million. Yes. that That's the premise. And then they bet on them. They're like, hey, I think this random person's going to win because I think they're a piece of shit and they're going to cheat. I'm going to bet two mil, two mil on that. And so all those boys are betting like huge sums of money on it. It's a good time. And uh, yeah, they've got to get to a small town and in like the train station locker. Oh, yes. Uh, w- which they've got. Oh, yeah. And there's, o- there's only six keys as well, but mm. there's more members. Because some of them are in teams. Hey. Mm. So they're, they're racing from Los Angeles to, what's it, Silvertown? Silver City, New Mexico. Silver City, that's it. Yeah, Silver City. Silver City, New Mexico. Yes, it's the country seat and home of the Western New Mexico University. As of 2010 census, the population was uh, 10,315. Uh-huh. Um, as of the 2020 census, though, that population dropped to uh, 9,704. Whoa. Yeah. Because everyone saw this film and was like, I do not want to be in this city. <laughs> this is shameful. Living here is now shameful. I I think they all died of shame. Yeah, that's even better. Yeah. Join the race. (laughs) Join the- or they all joined the race, the big race up in the sky. Yeah, maybe they all joined the race. It's a race? Anyway. Uh, oh yeah, and John Cleese plays that rich guy. His teeth are fake, right? His teeth are absolutely fake, Sandra, yes. I don't know why you asked that question. (laughs) (laughs) They were so distracting. They were so shiny. He's, um, he's fine. He plays himself. Yeah. Yeah. He plays every character he's ever played, except with fake teeth. (laughs) Yes. I liked his laugh. He's like laughing at his own joke. I can appreciate that. Oh, yeah. The the laugh that he does is every... Anyway. (laughs) I think Ben doesn't like John Cleese. No, I like John Cleese. I just, I think he was phoning it in 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 this. I think he phones in everything. Really? Doesn't he? (laughs) Aside from like Python and like Faulty Towers, I guess he just kind of phones everything in. I feel like it was only for half the movie. Like when the the lawyer went to um, go listen to them. Or when he got the other secretary on the phone. That's when he phoned it in. <laughs> you see, listeners, the joke there. <laughs> is that he's on the phone. Yeah. Mm. 
He has one really good joke where um, he just kind of like hands out the keys at random and someone's like, you can't pick people at random. What are you doing? And he's like, I can do anything I like. I'm eccentric. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. That is the plot of the movie. And then they're all let loose onto the streets to make their way to that train station. And we see a bunch of different characters. Who do we want to talk about first, Zach? Just pick a character, any character. Oh, me? Yeah. I want to pick Mr. Bean, but he can talk. <laughs> oh, Mr. Bean, but yes. he can talk. Yes. Uh, this is um, classic Rowan Atkinson also phoning it in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Signor Fagiolo. He's got narcolepsy for comic purposes. Well, she said in the movie, like, twice? They, they, they missed the rule of threes. That's the problem. They should have had something on the train. Like, oh, yeah. the way he gets on the train is being, like, semi-hit by it. Yeah. I would have liked to see, like, a scene where he's, like, on the outside of the train and the passengers are like, oh, my God, there's a guy outside of the train. Sleeping on the wall of the train. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, the conductor comes out to save him and he's just hanging on there but asleep. <laughs> that would have been good. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's, fu- he's funny, but I think that's just him. Mm. Mm. Even like the Johnny English movies, after the first one, they're not good, but they're still funny because he's in them. Yeah. He's kind of Mr. Beany. That's, that's just what I got was he was just doing his Mr. Bean, but then he could also talk. So he had to put on a voice and it was weird. Italian accent. Yeah, look at this food. A, a little cock doggies. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. That's a quote I wrote down. I love a little cock doggy. In 2001, while Atkinson was on holiday in Kenya, the pilot of his private plane fainted. He managed to maintain the plane in the air until the pilot reawoken and was able to land the plane in Nairobi. Ah, so was that an inspiration for the character? Uh, The journey he gets up to is what? He falls asleep for the first hour, and then he's back in it and catches a ride with Wayne Knight. Yep. He he gets hit by multiple vehicles. That's that's one of his things he does. He likes to get hit by vehicles. Oh, yeah, he gets hit by by Wayne Knight's thingy, didn't he? Delivery van, ambulance, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and he's in the movie uh, because he's delivering a heart um, via Mm. his car. I was surprised he didn't come back. Wayne Knight? Yeah. Just for something. I don't know. Because he was in it for a bit with Rowan Atkinson. And then, like, he goes to murder Rowan Atkinson. So Rowan Atkinson's leave. And that's the last we we see of him. We We did see the heart start beating again. So presumably he got a happy ending. Mm. Yeah, because they lose the heart, a dog has it, and then Wayne Knight's like, I need a new heart, I'm going to kill you, Rowan Atkinson. I would have liked just one second, he's like in the audience with some random old man or something, and they're like partying together. Oh, at the very end. But the old man has like medical tubes, so it's it's quite clear the joke. But that would require actually going through with the stuff that you set up, Zach. <laughs> this movie is very anti doing that. Oh uh, no! Look, it either it either it either doesn't pay things off, or it sets things up really obviously, like the narcolepsy. Yeah. Mm. Or the uh, squirrel <laughs> lady. Squirrel. Oh, that was great. Oh, yes. I, that's the best part of the movie. Probably that was a highlight. <laughs> yeah, that was very funny though. We, we'll we'll get to that. Yeah, this uh, Rowan Atkinson. Yeah, like the stuff with Wayne Knight is funny. But that's just because Wayne Knight is funny and Rowan Atkinson is yeah. funny. So then both on screen is just funny. 
they're looking for that dog who has the heart at one point, and I'm pretty sure that dog just jumps onto the electric fence. Electric <laughs> fence. I, I mean, the question on everyone's minds is, sure, let's open a heart. Why is this man mm-hmm. uh, in charge of delivering hearts when... Either he has a fetish for organs or just some kind of, like, perverse curiosity about seeing it. Is this... No, so, okay, my, 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 my question is, is this... I've got a solution. Is this the first time that he's opened an organ mid-transit? Or is, is the reason that he's still got his job because every time he decides to o- open organs... And the you know the obvious happens where it just malfunctions mm, every yeah. time he gets out of it with some kind of miraculous solution like an electric fence. Mm. Long question. I can answer it. The first one is that I presume he's like a regular delivery man that they needed to emergency hire to move this heart because of the whole plane situation. I think I think he is a, he is a regular medical supply driver. Maybe. Uh, he he's he got the equipment for it. He's you know he's got the signage on the van. He does have the signage. Or he could just have like an organ fetish or something that he he yes. likes to poke yeah. them and look at them. The look and- that he did when they opened up the container was a bit <laughs> yes. Um, ooh, I'm excited by this. Mm. So yeah, yeah. Join the race. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> there it is again. I heard it. So then Rowan Atkinson ends up on a train where he's got a window seat and a family's around him and he's playing with a kid mm. and he gives the kid his key and uh, the kid puts it in its pants and then he gets up and he's like, I need to get that key out of your pants. Mm. And he says some sus things and the parents wake up and he's thrown off the train. Mm. Mm. What? Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking about jokes that I don't know if they stick against the wall, <laughs> but like, why did he give the child the keys? Because chi- children love keys, you know, dingle dangle. That's true. Don't say dingle dangle. Okay, I'm <laughs> yeah, sorry. Jingle jangle. Dingle. That's better. Yeah, that's okay. that's better. You know, kids love keys. Jingle jangle. <laughs> dingle dangle is bad because of what happens next, where everyone presumes he's molesting a child. So the joke, listeners, <laughs> is that Zach is explaining the joke. Aha. <laughs> uh-huh. It's like you've got Robert Atkinson and you make him do this. Yeah, yeah. You make him do these two scenarios. Out of all the scenar- out of all the possible scenarios, you make him do these two. Have him be the one driving around Hitler's car. That would be funny. Mm. Rowan Atkinson driving around a car. That's just like Mr. Bean. No, but it's funny. It's funny because it's John Lovitz who is perhaps the most Jewish <laughs> yeah. of the cast. <laughs> that is true. I would have liked Rowan Atkinson to go on like the funny road trip sort of scenario mm. where he just takes lifts with random people. So first you get the, the heart donor guy and then you get, you know, a van with a band in it, you know. Mm. That actually would have been better, yeah. Yeah, like all these things. And they all, I don't know, somehow come come in at the end to help him out, you know. Mm. He uses the skills that he's learnt. No one's learnt anything, though. Yeah, there's no learning, aside from us knowing how not to write a script. Um, <laughs> but, Zach, the movie you're describing is the Mr. Bean movie, so... Oh, guess- sorry, yeah, yeah, that is my bad. My bad, whoops. <laughs> I guess. Sorry, <laughs> I was thinking of Probably. how to make this a good movie, and yeah. then suddenly that happened. That's my bad. 
Anyway, that's his journey uh, to go and uh, get to Silver City. Uh, oh, ben, he, it's your turn. You've got to talk about his finish because right at the oh, end- yes. when That's he- right. The payoff of the narcolepsy joke. Yeah. Yeah. Right at the end, he's the first one to get to the locker. He's the winner. He went- Oh, but then he falls asleep with the key in the lock. Oh, what a surprise. I feel like out of all of the characters in this film, he's the one who became more more memorable. Because I, I, like, I don't know. I feel like I've heard people over the years have his catchphrases of, you know, it's a race. Or, I'm winning. I'm winning. That was kind of funny. Yeah. I am winning. Um, it's me. He should be the one voicing Mario, not Chris Pratt. I have Rowan Atkinson and his weird Italian accent. I think there's enough money to convince Rowan Atkinson to do that. (laughs) Oh, he did Man vs. B for Netflix. He'll do anything. Oh, he did do that. Yeah. It's true. Hey guys, it's Julie and KB from Elvis Lives, a conspiracy theory podcast. What do we talk about, Julie? Conspiracies. No way. What kind do we talk about? Celebrities. Government. Time travel. Ooh. Tune in every Monday. What day? Monday. What was it? Monday. Oh, Monday. Monday for your fill of conspiracy theories. All right, uh, Ben, pick a character, any character. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, okay. Uh, uh, that's um, not one of the characters. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he wasn't in this movie. I luckily. mean, we can talk about him if you want. <laughs> uh, no, thanks. Yeah, so great. Uh, what about, I don't know, um, Seth Green and his brother? Seth Green! Seth Green and his Ooh. brother as played by Vince Villouf. Oh, that's, I love Seth Green and his brother. I feel like his character... The brother was was devised by the writer thinking that it would be funny to imitate a deaf person. But then how could you do that without making it really bad? <laughs> have him have a tongue piercing. Right, yeah. Because what was that? <laughs> For the first, yeah, like five minutes of him on screen i was like are are they is this ableist or something because this feels like they're making fun of as you said like a deaf person but no he's just got a tongue piercing that makes him talk weird yeah so it's fine we can make as much fun of him as we want what the heck (laughs) um seth green was funny though he was everyone in this i feel like everyone in this was chosen because of you know their sort of characteristics i suppose or their Their shtick their mm, thing that they do their shtick that's right and all they do is just photocopy their shtick yeah yeah that's a good point if you replace seth green with howard the duck voiced by seth green (laughs) it would be the same movie no there'd be a duck in the race (laughs) if you if you replace seth green with chris from family Uh, if you were to replace Seth Green with Dr. Evil's son from the Austin Powers movies, <laughs> it would be the same. Oh, actually, that one works quite well, yes. Like, this is the thing, like, Seth Green, like, you know, Chris from Family Guy is a very distinct voice. I I, I think mm. everyone in this cast has done, you know, very different things, but I just think that in this film, it's almost like they're playing themselves, or they're playing yeah, yeah, yeah. their sort of uh, quintessential version of them they're, they don't they don't branch out and do anything different like they're not playing a character they're just playing 
them yeah. as an actor. Yeah. You're you're watching these Hollywood actors go after this two million dollars, not random people. <laughs> they are. That's what they're going after. That's why they're in this film. Is because it's a bunch of Hollywood actors just want to just want to make money. That would have been a better movie. Uh, if you make this like Seth Rogen's This Is The End, where, you know, everyone's playing the egotistical actor versions of themselves. Yeah. And they're mm. all oh, going that would be great. That would have been so funny. Because you, cause you have... And all these rich people are like, yeah, we'll bet on these famous Hollywood actors. Yeah, that sounds great. Also sounds more realistic as to what these super rich people would want. Yeah. We don't want random people. No, we want these Hollywood actors that we know and love. We want to send them on a random rat race, you know? That would have been really good. But yeah, so Seth Green and his brother- Join the race. (laughs) They're doing insurance scams and stuff. They just want to make a quick buck. That opening joke was kind of fun where they're like, one of us will trip down- this flight of stairs, and we'll get insurance money. And the, mm. they're too busy talking about the, their plan that they don't notice this random woman falls down the stairs. And then a lawyer comes up and is like, oh, what is all this? I'm going to m- make you rich. We're going to swim through the roof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that lawyer character who then comes back when Rowan Atkinson gets hit by the car. Yeah, um, yeah, I like that. And no other point in the movie. <laughs> yeah, I would have loved it at, at just randomly at the very end of the movie, like in that silver town, um, Silver City. Silver City. She, she's there. And when um, they like barge in, they like push someone over or something. Mm. And she's like, I saw that or yeah. something, you know. Just, just rules of three. They're, they're there for a reason. Come on. It's true. But yes, Seth Green and his bro, they do some fun things. I mean, they. I quite like the scene where they destroy the airport radar. Yeah. Yeah. That was mildly horrifying. It was like, what I found funny was the idea that they put a thing around the radar to tear it down, but it ends up mm. pulling their car up because, you know, it's like turning around, doing its radar thing. And the brother's already up there, and, and then Seth Green in the car starts getting pulled up. And the brother thinks that he's running him over, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. it's vertical. I don't know, it's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, it was very stupid. That was rather funny. The, like, horror of the brother frantically climbing the ladder away from the car <laughs> yeah. as it's, like, just slowly approaching him. He could have, like, just stood on the car and be fine. I. It made me very curious to wonder how much torque the radar engine would have, would have to, pull to be able car. to lift it. And I wondered if it was realistic versus I, like I think I don't think it was the radar. Um, I think it was the people in the control booth who had the talk. Ah, <laughs> uh, because because uh, they talk because yeah. they talk into their little things. But I I came to the conclusion that maybe because of strong winds they'd want it to be quite powerful. True, actually, you're probably right. I reckon those things can pack a punch. I won't go fighting one. So they, their big plan is that they want to split up uh, <laughs> and go separate ways, but they've only got one key. So they go to a locksmith to get another key made. And then explain the plot of the movie yes. uh, in front of the, the locksmith. And the locksmith's like, oh, 
you're racing after this $2 million and this is one of the six keys for it. I'm going to take this key and run. Yeah, he joins the race. Mm. They've got to chase him down, but he's in a hot air balloon. Just in case you didn't know that this was uh, an homage to (laughs) Around the World in 80 Days. Ah, yeah. Hot air balloon sequence was kind of fun, except for the part with the cows. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) so dumb. So dumb. So, like, he steals- the locksmith steals a hot air balloon- they chase after it in the car. Uh, there's a dangling bit of rope. So, uh, green. Sorry, dangling bit of rope, please. <laughs> oh, sorry. There's a uh, there's a dongling bit of rope. Oh. Um, that green uh, gives a good rub. Oh. Um, and, and while he's while he's hanging on, they go through a paddock with cows in it, which of course made me very nervous. I was thinking cow patties and all kinds of fart jokes. Luckily, we avoided those. Unfortunately, for one of the cows, it gets randomly caught in a rope and starts jangling. Mm. And then we have a a, a fight scene, question mark, where <laughs> the locksmith and Green are holding on to the cow. That's dangling for the rope. Yep. Uh, is it green? Green blasts the locksmith with milk. Yeah. 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 That that makes sense. Yep. yep. <laughs> uh, whatever. It's a it's a visual joke. It works. And then a uh, green falls off, but then grabs the hooves of the the cow. But then the cow sneezes on him for no reason. And then he falls into a lake. Very convenient lake. That his brother also crashes into, because meanwhile, the brother's been hanging on to the front of the car with no one else driving it. The brother's not very smart. The brother had, like, first he had the thing where he's chased by the car, then he's just, like, hanging on to the bonnet terrified. Yes. Like, he doesn't think to just get up and hop in the driver's seat. Because that would be smart. Yeah. And you see, he's had a tongue piercing. <laughs> ah, so no, he's self- dumb. They're driving along, and a girl shows them her tits, and he drives off the road. Uh, no, 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 but she's got piercings. Ah, sorry, yes. It wasn't just gratuitous nudity, it was actually because of the piercings. Yeah, Mm. that's funny, I guess, that the brother... Uh, is attracted to people who also have piercings. I guess that's funny. Well, it's important because it's one of the few jokes that come back at the end. It does come back in the final scene, yeah. It's a big, important plot point. Uh, She she also speaks like uh, they're making fun of deaf people, so that's that's good. (laughs) Just just so, just to make, you know, drive drive the point home that it's actually the not- Deaf people. It's just. It's just the. It's just the tongue piercing. Yeah, it's the tongue yeah, piercing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think the writer of this is anti-piercings or anti-deaf people? Muchos dos. Why not both? Do you just say muchos dos? Muchos dos. Yeah. Do you mean los no los dos? Yes, that's what I mean. But I don't. I don't. Muchos speak. dos. <laughs> Poké no los dos is 
Why not both? Muchos dos is a lot of two. Yes, that's exactly what you just <laughs> a said. A lot of two, yes. <laughs> yeah, that is what I said. A yeah. lot of two. I mean, I feel like there is a lot of two in this script, and by a lot of two, I mean a lot of bloody shit jokes. Am I right? <laughs> 102 <laughs> problems. 112 problems. They steal a monster truck. Oh, and yeah. that's the end of their part. We can move on. Next character. Zach, pick a character. <laughs> That's right. I forgot. The the tits distraction leads them to crash into a monster truck rally where they nearly mm. get crushed by a monster truck, then the steel one. You know what? Their entire arc is the end of a Police Academy movie. Every adventure they get <laughs> yes. on is the ending of a Police Academy movie. Yes. Oh, it is. With hot air balloons and monster trucks and yeah. I wish I wish they had got the monster truck earlier. That's all I was going to say. So we could see some monster truck rampaging. I feel like that would have been fun. That would have been good. Sandro, it's your it's your choice for a character. Oh, my choice for a character. Uh, let's get Cuba Gooding Jr. out of the way. <laughs> mm, out of the way. Woof. Or should I pick a funny character now? What? Uh, go on. F- I dare you. Find one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good point. I mean, I, I like Brecken Meyer, actually. Oh, let's really? talk about him. I don't mind okay. Brecken Meyer, not because he's good in this, but because Amy Smart is too good for this movie. Mm. She is very good in this film. Yeah, she's great. I like their storyline. I kind of enjoyed their whole thing. Yeah. So, okay. So, Breckenmeyer, he's he's uh, he's a nice man. He's a good boy. He he's a nice man. Uh, he's just a nice man who has who owns an orange cat. Mm. <laughs> yes. yes. And uh, and a uh, slightly yellow dog. Yeah. Yes. Uh, do you know what else he loves? Afro horse. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, I forgot this movie starts with that joke. <laughs> yeah, it does. It starts off with the classic <laughs> porn at the hotel gag. <laughs> classic. What is this? They, like, is this what? the 80s? I was so confused. I thought it was going to be like a joke like his deadbeat friend had done it or something. I think and that then is they- the joke. It, is it? They, it was never. It was never uh, clarified. Like I, I think, legitimately, I, legitimately, he wasn't. He didn't. It wasn't him. <laughs> My thought was that they were going to have the deadbeat friend with him, and so you've got mm. the the straight guy who doesn't do any crimes whatsoever, and then the deadbeat friend who just is a fucking asshole and does whatever he wants, which is kind of what happens, but not really. Yeah, not really. But yeah. This joke never comes back, and it's it's traumatizing. I'm like, why did they do that? That's a weird joke. But yeah, he um he is originally like, I'm not going to take part in the race. It's silly. It's silly. I've got to get home, and I got to go to work. But then he meets Amy Smart. She's a pilot, mm. uh, and they're reading the same novel, and they make jokes about it. But she's like, oh, all the planes are grounded because of the airport radar thing, right? And she reveals that she is a helicopter pilot, so she's not grounded. So Breck and Maya's like, oh, wait, that means I'm the only one who can fly. Maybe I do want to go after this after all, because she's actually heading to the town where he wants to go to to get the thing. He's all like, ha ha ha, you, you idiots, you fools, playing their stupid game, mm. going after these two million dollars. I'm above all that. I'm not going to do that. But then it's like, all planes are delayed, except this one. So I would have the best chance of getting this million dollars. Hmm, maybe actually I am. Maybe I am part of all of this. And so he just 
somehow gets a ride with her. I don't know how that works. She does say uh, at one point in their conversation, do you need a ride? Well, yeah. And so they fly off. But first she wants to go say hi to her boyfriend. Mm. So they fly to her boyfriend's house. But oh, no. His ex's car is out the front. They fly over the backyard and oh, he's in the pool with her. If your girlfriend's a pilot, (laughs) you wouldn't want to be cheating out in the open. But maybe he's just an idiot. He's an idiot. He looked familiar. I don't know who the actor he's was. He's Dean Kane. Oh, that's why. Mm. He's Superman. Yep. And also, more importantly, the host of Ripley's Believe It or Not. Ah, uh, Superman's more important. And less importantly, <laughs> a massive conservative right-wing nut, nut job. Oh, no! Oh. Yep. Nice. Anyway, uh, they chase him in his car, but they're in their helicopter. So we get like a car versus helicopter chase sequence. It's kind of great, actually. Yeah, it was good. I like that they had like a bucket of paint in the helicopter. Oh, yeah. See, this is this is the thing that get that gets me. Like a lot of these jokes, like that would not be out of place in like the naked gun. It's like, oh, here's a random bucket of paint in the helicopter. But in this, oh, it just yeah. feels like... Like, what is going on, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's stuck in that limbo. They they needed, like, one more object of random thing. Like a, a goldfish tank or something. Yeah. Anvil. You know. She's just got an anvil and she throws it on her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, exactly. It's like, you know, or there's just, like... A, th- a third person who's just in there or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if the movie was a lot more absurd, I think it would have been yeah. better. It- it's the same with uh, a it, moment it, with, it, like... It does has absurdities, though. Yeah, and they feel out of place, like the Whoopi Gold- Goldberg thing, which we'll get to. Mm. That like, there's I liked some... the Nazi one. I liked that one a lot. That was actually a really good story. <laughs> I think the Joan Lovitz one was probably my favourite. Yeah. Nothing else really happens with Meyer and Smart. The helicopter breaks down, so they've got to get a truck, uh, but the truck's- Breaking down. Got problems. Oh, yeah, and then they go to a mechanic, and the mechanic tries to rip them off, but then something that happens in the Whoopi Goldberg, Whoopi Goldberg one comes back, and then and then they end up at the end of the movie. Yep. So, next character. Zach, pick a character or any character. Uh, I, w- <laughs> I want some Nazis in my life. Ah, uh, John Lovitz. He's got a family. He's got a slightly crazy wife and two kids. So, his, like, you know, how everyone got set up at the casino for being s- desperate in some way. Yeah. His, his thing of desperation was just, he was, he was real cheap. He was a he was a oh, cost yeah. cutter. He was a cost cutter. Funny that they made the one Jewish character the one who's mm. who's really keen to cut costs. What? To be fair, this film was directed by Jerry Zucker. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Who, I don't know if is Andy Breckman Jewish. I don't know. Andy is Andy Breckman Jewish, or is Andy Breckman actually a Nazi? That's why he wanted to put Nazis <laughs> no, in the film. No. Yeah, yeah. He is- Breckman is Jewish. There you go. Okay. All right. It's funny. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not racist, everyone. No, it's 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 still also not funny. Oh, there is a fun joke with him. Actually, I wrote down- because like, There is a joke? In this movie? <laughs> like, something that I love about the Zucker Brothers movies is just how straight they are. They're played straight- but there'll be a mm. lot of visual gags in the background. Well, that's what I that's what I mean. I feel like this one wasn't like they didn't do that really with this one. Yeah, they didn't have really background jokes. But there was one that was kind of decent where his daughter 
uh, needs to do a shit. And he's like, we're not stopping the car. So she shits out of the window. Oh, yeah, that was really funny. She shits out of the window. And then we cut to them being pulled over by cops. And just in the background, out of focus, one of the cops is, like, cleaning his window. <laughs> yeah, that was very funny. That was good. His, again, his... his- Race is the 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 best. I feel out of all of them, it's the funniest. Yeah, there's more. Yeah, the the jokes that are in it are funny. The 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 Klaus Barbie museum yeah. was really funny. That was really good because it's not it's not just that they it's not just that they mistook Barbie for Klaus Barbie. It's that there's a full on museum of it. With yeah. Puppets. So we just cut to them being in the middle of this museum tour, surrounded by neo Nazis, with that they all have just wide eyes while they're getting this like tour from these people. Yeah, that was great. Which is funny. And then also like we need to get out of here. Oh, a gift shop. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. That was funny. Then so this is one of the bits where their story intersects with uh, another story. So Seth Green. And his brother, they sabotage John Lovitz's family's car. They do. And uh, so they can't drive their car. They've got to get another car. Oh, they just so happened to have Adolf Hitler's car there. <laughs> yeah. So they steal that. That was funny. That was great. That was funny. All the stuff with, like, Adolf Hitler's car and then, you can't play Hitler's harmonica. <laughs> was yeah. really funny. And then the fact that there was, like... Pro- what was probably like Eva Braun's lipstick? <laughs> yeah. yeah, was real. That was re- that was that was really funny. That was good. Look, I'm Mrs. Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> they end up uh, like he's playing with a cigarette lighter and he burns his middle finger, and so he's like, "I've got to air it out." And in doing so, he flips off uh, a biker, which would have been enough reason. For the biker gang to chase them, but then the movie's like, no, we need some offensive material in here, so he calls her a homophobic slur. Yeah. And then they chase after him, and we get the quote where the wife is like, oh, they look really pissed off, all those Nazi bikers. A lover is like, they're always pissed. They're Nazis. It's like their job. And then then they crash, and the little bit of lipstick that got wiped on the steering wheel comes back and hits John Lovitz in the- Upper lip, yep. and so and they crash into a World War Two veterans convention. He accidentally like eats the uh, cigarette lighter, so his tongue is burnt, so he can't uh, yeah. speak properly. He can't talk properly. His fingers still burnt, uh, and so yeah, when he gets out of the car, the Nazi car, Adolf Hitler's car, in a World War Two veterans conference, <laughs> he yep. has a Hitler stash, and he's talking like a Hitler. And then someone that looks like Robert De Niro shoots him? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and you see, that is taking the wackiness super far. Yes. It's like taking it far enough where it's like, this is just wild bullshit. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's great. Whereas the other stuff is actually a bit too tame. And also, I mean, it's it's kind of funny that, like, they, they showed these, like, ridiculous neo-Nazi characters, but then also these, like, World War Two veterans who were pissed off at Nazis, and it sort of takes some like a, a joke where that's a given for you to be like, oh yeah, there was a generation of Americans that hated Nazis. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, he he then drugs his family so they can take her. Take her. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. They don't want it. They they're like enough is enough. 
And then he's like, okay, we'll go back to Las Vegas. But he's a big piece of shit, so he drugs his whole family and then uh, gets a lift to Silver City. Yeah, uh, how about that? We've got Goldberg left, I think, right? we got Whoopi and we got Cuba, Cuba Gooding, Gooding Jr. Jr. Well, one of them's got the funniest part in the movie, so let's talk about Cuba Gooding Jr. <laughs> okay. He is a referee. He's a referee. He's a football referee in another thing that, like, gets paid off... In the first third of the film. Yes. And never mentioned ever again. Never comes back. Yeah. Uh, he was a ref who made a bad coin toss and said it was tails when it was actually heads or vice versa. And so everyone hates him because a lot of people lost the bet. I, I don't really get it because surely a, like a coin toss is just a coin. I don't know. Anyway. Um, yeah, there's this whole thing in football where whoever wins the coin toss has a much more likely chance of winning the game oh really yeah it can't make or break a game that's strange but anyway yeah correct so he's he hates the fact that everyone recognizes him for being a bad referee and everybody hates him and so we get that for like the first like half an hour or so and then no one recognizes him after that yeah and then no one cares after that there, there should have been a whole thing at the end this is what I was thinking when they donate the money we haven't got there yet but I'll mention this when they <laughs> donate the money they, there should have been someone in the crowd it's like isn't that referee guy and it's like yeah, oh yeah, maybe yeah. he's not so bad or something you know yeah it literally like a- just after so he the way that he starts the race is he gets in a taxi yep and then to the airport and the taxi driver just makes general chit chat and when he exits the car some other taxi driver is like hey that's that referee and the taxi driver is really mad because he lost a huge bet yeah and so then when the planes are all grounded because of um seth green and brother he has to go back into the cab uh and the cab driver now knowing who he is takes him on this very uh, circuitous and dangerous journey and doesn't actually take him to Silver City, New Mexico, but actually takes him into the middle of the desert <laughs> yes. where yep. he abandons him without any clothes. Without any clothes. Yep. And that on its own kind of, you know, it, like it's yeah, funny-ish, I don't know, maybe he keeps mm. walking around, he asks for help, but then they also know who he is and he just can't get anything right, you know he's always trying to survive but they keep recognising him that could have been funny uh, but no, <laughs> then his storyline goes into a very odd direction. So he walks up to a place where a bus is parked and uh, he goes into the bathroom and he sees the bus driver and he's like, ooh, I need some transportation. So he takes all of the bus driver's clothes by using the excuse that his wife is giving birth. Now, I've written down a lot of this. Okay. <laughs> Great. Of course you did, Sandra. My wife, she's giving birth. I need your jacket for an amniotic sack. That's what he needs the, the jacket for. I need your pants for her placenta. <laughs> Here's the rule of threes coming up, everybody. Yeah. The rule of threes, yeah, because I also need your hat for her vagina. <laughs> Vagina. So stupid. <laughs> that was uh, uh, when he stopped being funny after that. Because after that, he gets on the bus and it's a I Love Lucy convention. Yeah. Yeah, they're all Lucille Ball impersonators. And it's kind of funny. Like, you know, it's it's another one of those things that's like, it's it's a funny thing. But if it was playing it a little bit differently, it wouldn't just be 
I don't know. It, to me, it, it didn't land. Yeah, yeah. If it was just that bit wackier. I f- yeah, I, again, like, I feel like if the tone of this film was a little bit different. They get they get hit by the flying cow at one point. Oh, yes. Which speaks English at them? Does it? Yeah, it talks. Oh, really? It says, like, help me. I did like how um all the Lucille Ball impersonators uh, make baby noises when they cry or get angry. I think that is I is that a Lucille Ball thing? That's a reference to I Love Lucy, yeah. Okay. I was like, I recognize that from that show I watched an episode of on Nine Go at my grandparents' house one time. <laughs> yeah. So they're all doing a Lucy. So they only reply to, to Lucy. Oh, yeah. Oh, and of course, because it's 2001, they've got to make a trans joke. Yeah, because one person's hair lights on fire. Yeah. They use a jacket to put it out and then throw the jacket into the toilet. Yeah. But this causes the toilet to break down, which then one person's like, hey, can we stop the bus? The door's broken on the toilet. Can't go there. And he's like, oh, why? It's because, you know, it has a penis. (laughs) Like, uh, that would have been fine, but then Cooper Gooding Jr. is like, ew, gross! Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the reaction. Anyway, uh, I don't know, they chase him, and that's the end of this story. Well, no, no, hang on, because the the car crashes because of the cow, and then he reveals that he's not actually a bus driver, because he's really frustrated, because for some reason, uh, some of the uh, Lucy impersonators roll off the spare tire away <laughs> down the road. And so he gets really frustrated and exasperated. And then he uh, reveals that he's not a real bus driver. He stole the real bus driver's clothes. And then uh, they chase him in a stampede of Lucille balls. Yes. Mm. Balls on parade. Balls on parade. Um, Is that, that's a, so that, that, that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good joke. Neither of you got it. I, you <sighs> see the joke there is that I did get it, but I was pretending that I didn't. So the that- reference, it's a reference to bulls on parade. Anyway, Cuba Gooding Jr. He's chased by the Lucille Ball impersonators. He manages to shake them off and then uh, he gets by just on a farm And then he's like, oh, my God, Silver City is so close. He finds a really downbeat horse Mm -hmm. uh, or downtrodden, uh, beaten up horse. uh, And he starts riding the horse into Silver City. He also, the horse is really slow. And so he holds up the really big truck that John Lovitz's family is on. Mm. And the the, the car that um, Breck and Meyer and Amy Smart are on. Mm. And that's funny because it's a, it's a little horse that's still holding up a big truck and car. I don't think that's funny. Then the monster truck shows up and it can't pass by the the truck. Yeah, yeah. Now that is funny. <laughs> <laughs> monster truck can't get past. Okay, Hoopy Goldberg. Oh, Whoopi Goldberg. She's reuniting with her daughter that she put up for adoption. Um, is Whoopi Goldberg rich? Or does she just like a fancy lifestyle? And I mean the character, not her as an actor. I don't know. I can't, I couldn't, this was the one that I couldn't tell why that was. So, so like, because obviously the, her daughter, her long lost daughter is like a rich businesswoman who is always after, you know, more money. And Whoopi Goldberg, I actually initially thought that it would set it up that she's a serial scam artist and that she's um you know setting up with all of these long lost daughters who are rich that would have been great yeah i I thought i thought maybe that's how it was going to play out particularly because you know the daughter's rich but nope just just her daughter just her daughter yeah i I liked um uh her daughter is really good in this the whole time i was like she looks familiar 
Where have I seen her before? She's uh, in a bunch of episodes of Star Trek Next Generation, oh. which is funny because Whoopi, Whoopi Goldberg also in a bunch of episodes of Star Trek Next Generation. There you go. There you go. So they did get reunited. Yeah. They end up a- a teaming up to try and get the money. I like that intro where you just have these two waitresses in the background oh, yeah, that are like, oh, it's so beautiful. <laughs> They both want mimosas. Oh, yeah, that was kind of funny, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they both order mimosas and they're like, ah, oh, mother and daughter. Oh, my God, mimosas. it's so beautiful. I was like, oh, that's, that's cute. That was all right. They head off on the road and nothing really, like, their story is kind of bland, except it it's also contains- It's one of the shortest ones. Yeah, but it does contain the best joke. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, it, it, I, I would say, yeah, hands down. I think John Lovitz's- bit was like consistently the funniest but the Whoopi Goldberg had the best moment in the in the film I I have a lot of things for this I wish that they had done more with Goldberg like Mm. have her be because them sort of polar opposites where um Whoopi Goldberg is more down to earth a like nice person who like likes to treat other person but the other person's like a businessman they don't have time for for all this nonsense they need to go 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 so I would have liked, like, maybe Whoopi Goldberg wanted to buy the squirrel, you know, and they have an argument over it, you know, just yeah. to be a bit more compassionate. Just so we could have more screen time for them, because they had no screen time. I feel like, I mean, Whoopi Goldberg in the 90s was, like, the highest paid actress at the time, right? So okay. maybe mm. they just couldn't afford her yeah. for that long. So they get a private jet- because she's a business lady. Oh yeah, that's right. And then they get grounded. So then they hire a <laughs> hire a vehicle mm-hmm. where the, the vehicle hiring place has an intern, like a new intern. Oh yeah, that's right. Who's like really slow and doesn't know how to use the computer. So that's mildly infuriating. Do, is the, are they the ones who ask for the car? That's closest to the exit. Yeah, that's closest to the exit. Because that, w- that was kind of funny. That was an okay joke, I guess. Yeah, not bad. And then they're driving uh, along. And then they see a squirrel lady who is an <laughs> uncredited Kathy Bates. I, 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 yeah. Like, when Kathy Bates showed up, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. No one talks about this cameo. Kathy Bates is amazing in everything. Yeah. Yeah. She's... Great as this lady selling squirrels. She's vaguely threatening because it's Kathy Bates. <laughs> yeah, it's like you. You should buy. You should buy a squirrel. You should buy a squirrel. And they're like, no, we don't have time. We don't want a fucking squirrel in our fucking car. And then they're like, okay, but we'll buy some nuts though. And then Kathy Bates is like, oh, that's fine. And then uh, they ask for directions, and she gives them these really detailed directions. Um, and she's really friendly and nice about it. And uh, off they go. Yeah, and they follow these directions. They're very precise, very exact. They're very mm. precise, and it's like, oh, look, he has a turnoff, and there it is. There's the turnoff. And they're all happy. They're like, oh, this shortcut's going to be great. Oh, yeah, it's a shortcut. That's right. That's what was important, that there was a shortcut. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it was a short very specific shortcut. But it ends up, uh, it's not actually <laughs> a shortcut, because they drive. They take a turn. The last turn on the shortcut. That's right. To, to get onto the dirt road. But the dirt road <laughs> leads to a cliff. It leads to a cliff. And they're, they're plummeting down. And as they're plummeting down, <laughs> we see a sign that pops up that says you. You. And then another sign that pops up that says should. Should. And then more signs pop up and it ends up spelling out you should have bought a squirrel. <laughs> Which is funny if... 
if Kathy Bates just did this to them, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, she's getting revenge for not the squirrel yeah. being a bit mean. No, no. <laughs> turns out there's like 20 cars. <laughs> And That's, a skeleton so holding great. a bag of nuts. A skeleton. Yeah, yeah. A skeleton. <laughs> oh, that's such a good joke. That's great. On one hand, I'm sad that they didn't actually get a squirrel because that would have been funny if they were just carrying around the squirrel <laughs> yeah, this whole true. time. True. Like maybe maybe one of the characters, like a different character, also encounters Squirrel Lady. Mm. And does get a squirrel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I would have liked that. That would have been a good um like post credit sequence. Mm. I don't know, like one of the the neo Nazis drives past her stall one he directions and she's like, Oh, <laughs> I can uh, give this a neo Nazi what's coming to him, but they actually want a squirrel and she's like, Damn it. Yeah. Mm. Oh no. Uh, but then they need a car, so they walk <laughs> And they walk and they walk and they come across a rocket car presentation where they're trying to break the sound barrier. They're they're trying to break the uh, land speed record Mm -hmm. in this giant open, like, salt lake. Yeah, and they steal the car. In again, what is a pretty good joke, where <laughs> yeah. you've got the the driver and the head scientist are doing a Q&A for the press <laughs> while they are hopping inside the car and they're taking questions and stuff. Um, and they go, any other questions? And Whoopi Goldberg, I think it's her, is like, yeah, how do you start the car? <laughs> yeah. Because the, they don't know how to turn it on. And, so the, and scientist- the driver's like, oh, that's a good question, actually. Well, you pull this lever forward and you do the, yeah. Yeah. And then they go off. My favorite thing about this was actually that even though they stole the car and, uh, and you know, went off at really high speed, the scientists and everyone involved didn't care. They were just really excited yeah. that the car broke the record. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, then they're going to not count it. Yeah, they were really happy. Even the driver. I feel like the driver yeah, yeah, would yeah. have been a bit, but he's on board. He's like, oh, my God. They're doing it. They're passing the sound barrier. Yeah. That was pretty funny. That was great. So they 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 zoom past a gas station uh, so fast that when they break the sound barrier, it collapses it. There we go. And that's the ga- that's the mechanics that ripped off Breckenmeyer and Amy Smart. Yes. And he's like, if, if God didn't want me to rip off people, he would send me a sign. Well, God, send me a sign. And then boom, sound barrier broken. And his entire, like shack collapses yeah oh and he lets off a bullet because he has a gun oh yeah and then the bullet joins the land speed <laughs> yeah 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 that yeah, was yeah. Cool. and they're going at the like same speed but here's the thing zach because they were driving so fast when they get out of the car they're a bit dazed and confused you could mistake them for mental patients oh great just what happens they join a mental patient bus heading to silver city yeah, they try and get out and explain, oh, they're in a rat race to get $2 million, so they had to fly over, but that got cancelled, so they got in a, a car that they hired, but then they crashed because they didn't buy a squirrel, and then they had to get into uh, a vehicle setting the land speed record to get there, and she's like, oh yeah, I'm yeah, sure you sure did. you are, sure you sure My you thing are. is, how did they, like, surely they keep track of their patients, surely they'd know who is and who isn't a patient. Except uh, mental institutes uh, notoriously back then were poorly run. So this is a, this is a social commentary, actually. This is actually a, s- a smart movie. Yeah, this is actually an in-depth intellectual movie. <laughs> like when Green sprayed that guy with milk. <laughs> yeah, it's really smart. That's right. Commentary on the dairy industry. 
Yeah, exactly. The exploitation of animals. Turns out the real lactose and lactose intolerant lactose was, was the, the friends we made along the way. Was the intolerance <laughs> that the critics had for this movie? Ah, it is I, lactose, <laughs> lactose, god of your stomach, making <laughs> bad sounds. So they all arrive. Oh wait, no, Zach, 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 Zach. No, we're forgetting one key character. What? We can't do the ending without talking about the call girl. Oh. Uh, yeah, the, the assistant, John Cleese's assistant. John Cleese's assistant, because uh, all throughout the movie, all the gamblers are doing dumb, like, side bets. Mm. Yeah. They're doing ridiculous bets, like uh, getting the lawyer to eat a chocolate and guessing which chocolate he'll pick. Or they when they fly in a plane, they make they purposely make the pilot shake the plane and bet on which one of them will throw up first. <laughs> throw up mm. first. Yeah, that was funny. But the funniest one, uh, kind of, is when model Brandy Ledford shows up and John Cleese's assistant has a very particular kinks that he wants satisfied. Mm. And so he's like, how much will this cost? And she's like, oh, about $3,000. Well, what were the kinks, Sandro? We need to know the kinks, Sandro. I didn't actually write them down. Oh, he he wants them to get naked, wear sailor hats, hop in a spa tub full of Pepto-Bismol, and for him to clip her toenails and her to shave his ass. And that'll cost about uh, 3000 Yes. And then all of the betters, like, burst out of the walls, like, curtains and other things, and are like, oh, who had who had 3,000, you know? And that is all to set up that she shows up at the end of the movie, because uh, he invited her along. Mm. Ben, what's the end of the movie? What happens? We're at the end. Yeah! So the, so we're at the end, we, we catch up with Rowan Atkinson's character, who's standing there asleep with the key in the lock. And then all the others come in and they and they they see him and they think, oh, we've lost. But then actually they haven't lost because um, Rowan Atkinson's character has narcolepsy. Uh, and that's funny, uh, apparently. Yeah. And they all scramble to open, open the locker and then they open it and it's empty. Oh, oh no. <laughs> what happened? It, there's no money. And then they look out and outside the assistant and... The call girl have stolen the money. Oh! There's another car chase, another rat race. Uh, the cow gets involved at some point. <clears throat> Probably. It falls on them, and so they tie the money to the balloon, and then the balloon flies into a concert, a festival, an outside festival, and who's playing? Smash, Smash Mouth! Mouth! Woo! <laughs> And so, while they were stealing a bus and driving it over to this concert, they all agreed to share the money. Um, so, when they grabbed the money, they just so happened to be on stage. And so, they explain that they're here to share the money. Yes. To share this $2 million. And everyone cheers. They're going crazy. And like, hmm, this is strange. Why is that? And then they turn around and see they are part of a concert, uh, a charity concert. A charity concert. <laughs> to... to uh, feed the Earth, I think it is. Yes. Yep. And they've just brought $2 million, so they're all like, yeah! They've brought $2 million to share! Woo! They just met today! Oh my Woo! god, these people are amazing! I will point out, so it seems like it's a festival, it's a charity festival, and Smash, <laughs> and Smash Mouth are headlining, right? <laughs> but they've only raised $9,000. <laughs> yeah, and they've only raised yep. $9,000, and this is their headliner. This is the final act yep. of this festival. And, 
they've only rained. Yeah, I know. They end up being like, oh, no, it's a mistake. What's going on? But when they actually see the kids, I think one of the Zucker brothers comes out as, like, the owner of the charity. I- I'm yeah. pretty sure it's him. And he's like, they have now seen the the human kindness, you know. They know that there's good in humanity thanks to you. And they're like, oh, shit. I guess we have to give the money now. Guess we have to give the money now. And so they all give the money aside from Seth Green and his brother. They're like, no, but we want it. But then out in the crowd, who is it? It's Piercing Woman. It's Piercing Woman. And so they give their money. Uh, <laughs> but then all the, the betters show up. Because they want to know what's going on. And then Breckenmeyer is like, haha, well, um, this is the man who's organized it all. It's it's John Cleese from Monty Python. It's John Cleese, yeah. Mm, with his white teeth. <laughs> yeah. uh, with white teeth. And he's agreed to actually match what you raised tonight. Yeah, and so they end up raising like nine million or something. Yeah, yeah. It just suddenly explodes with, with money for some reason. Then the movie ends to a song called All Star. Yeah. All Star. And then it just stops and then the credits, really boring credits music comes on again. <laughs> yeah. Mm. It, it just stops. I thought there'd be a joke at the end of All Star, but no, it just it just ends. And that's and that's Rat Race. Um, it's kind of funny that the movie All Star was in Shrek, a movie that everyone thought would fail but did really well. But also in Rat Race, a movie that it felt like they thought people would love this. Mm. Well, they almost didn't put it. They almost didn't put it in Shrek because they were worried that that it was going to be in this film and that people would wouldn't want to hear it because yeah, yeah, they they'd been stolen from this film. Yeah, and then but and and then they put it in Shrek. The opposite has happened, where people are like, they hear, at least for me, it's like, oh, this is the Shrek song, you yeah. know, this is the, like, uh, they, I was like, oh, they've caught All-Star here. Oh, they stole this from Shrek, they stole you know? it from Shrek. Yeah, it's fascinating, but but the actor is actually in this, um, Smash Mouth play themselves, they're all there. Mm. Yes. Uh, I like the uh, harmonica solo. Oh, that was pretty good. Uh, with Hitler's harmonica. Hitler's harmonica solo. <laughs> Comes back. Um, yeah. I, I don't... Th- just going back to this, I, I'm looking the cast up. I don't think that it's actually Zucker. You don't think so? Okay. As the father. No. As the, like the old man. I don't I don't think it is. Oh, it's Rance Howard. Yes. Never mind. Ah, Never mind. It's Rance Howard, the son of John Howard, a famous Australian politician. Oh, yeah, I see. I get it. There you go. The joke there is that he's not. Ha <laughs> And that's the movie. I like the whole, like, twist ending with the whole, like, they give it all to charity away. Yeah, that was nice. But, like, I don't know if it was executed as well as it could have been. More like the movie was executed... <laughs> <laughs> by the critics. And speaking of critics making judgments on things, boy, <laughs> it's time to rate this movie. Rat, r- rat, rate, race. Rate, race. <laughs> oh. Or rat, rate. Zach, oldie or a goodie? I'll go to you first, because I feel like you are the ray of hope that this movie needs. You're the <laughs> one who enjoyed it the most. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Oh, I don't know. I think it was very passable. Yeah. It's hard for me to give it a goodie. Because my goody thing is like, would I recommend this to someone? And I don't know if I would, but I'm. I would probably watch it again. Okay. I wouldn't be averse to it. Not not soon, but maybe later. You know, 
just for, just for like the Nazi thing and the squirrel thing. Like, there's good moments that I carry would rewatch this, this movie for the Nazi thing and the squirrel thing, Zach. Twenty twenty two. Yeah, you can quote me on that. I I stand by those words. So like. If I'd watch it again, I'll give it a goodie. Whoa. I'll give it, I'll give it a goodie because I'm pretty sure you guys are going to give it an oldie. A goodie from Zach. There we go. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give this an oldie because it wasn't very good, uh, <laughs> but it's not bad. It's like on the same level as like Jurassic Park 3 for me. It's fine. I don't care. I'll probably never watch it again, but it's an oldie. <laughs> you funny you say that I watched it again. Ben, what are you going to rate it? Uh, if you'd asked me 20 years ago. I would have given this a, a really enthusiastic thumbs up. It would have definitely been a goodie for for eleven year old me. Mm-hmm. But at the moment, as things stand, it's it's a it's a baddie. No, Oof. no, it's not a baddie. <laughs> it's not a baddie, Ben. What are we? No, saying? you're right. It's it's more it's more middling than that. You're right. Passable is a bit is a better word. No, <laughs> uh, it, I I would give it a I would give it a five out of ten. Ben. So that's you know average. It's 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 very much average. It's an averagey. Would you say that the movie is a little old? <laughs> I mean, twenty. What is it? Twenty-one years old. Um, <laughs> okay. It's probably. I'd say that's old. Uh, I no. I, I wouldn't classify this as a, as an old movie. No. What about if this podcast came out in thirty years? Uh, I think. I think anything older than. Maybe 60, 70 years is an oldie. 70 years. Okay. 60, 70, 70 years. 70 years. All right. Yeah. So, Sandro, only release this one uh, in 80 years time, all right? Yeah. So, that way, Ben, would you say this is an oldie? If this comes out in 80 years. If this was coming out in 80 years, <laughs> then it, it, what, what would that be? That would be the year- 2,102. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. That is wild. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I would say um, this is a 2,102 oldie. <gasps> he said it! Yay! He said it! All right. Cut everything out that we just said <laughs> and just clip the bit where he said oldie. <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> But I appreciate it. You fell for it anyway. No, because I, I, I put I put in, I said it would be a 2,102 oldie. Yeah, but I can just cut out the 2,102 bit. <laughs> <laughs> you, you just He's said. just trying to make the editing harder. Yeah. Mm. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. What we do here is go back, 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 back. And we're back. And we're back with another episode of the Wait, Bros- wait, 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 James, James. They might not know who we are yet. Oh, right. This is a promo. Well, I'm James. And I'm Matt. And together, we're the Bros and Brews podcast. We're coming at you every week with worldly discussions, an art meets life questions podcast. What three albums would you take to a deserted island? How comfortable are you with sex and sexuality? Is it ethical to have children? What actually makes a great actor? We use our personal experiences, the craft of acting, and pop culture as a springboard to discuss everything. From uncomfortable truths, demonized issues, and problems often swept under the rug. But don't worry. 
we have fun along the way. Come join us for our weekly check-in, and we'll see you next time. Peace! But now that we've gotten all that out of the way, oh, this is a long episode, but we're going to keep going. Ben, you're always <laughs> on long episodes. Uh, sorry for providing you with content. Oh, how could you, Ben? How dare Unbelievable. you? Unbelievable. Providing us with joy and wow. content. I mean, to be fair, this film was almost two hours long. It, it was yeah, that's long true. for a comedy. It's almost like we get you on the most out of all our other guests because how much content we get. Mm. <laughs> yeah. No, that would be exploitative, and I don't think we did that. <laughs> no, it's because you asked to be on constantly, and I'm always like, fine. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, okay. Wow. The, the joke there was the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, it's time to come up with a sequel to Rat Race, but it's not just a sequel, it's a crossover mm. with another movie we re- we have reviewed on the podcast. What movie? It's decided by a random number generator. It's going to give me the number of an episode. We can't just do a regular sequel? Nope. No, because that's boring. It's 2001. We're all about crossovers. Okay. And also what we did last year, so we're not doing that. Yeah, that would just be the same as what we've been doing this whole time. Yeah, so we're slightly changing it. Yeah, we're slightly changing it to trick our audience into thinking that we innovate every year. <laughs> we're really, we've just been doing the same format since 2019. You fool! Wait, are you, are you... Marvel? Oh no! Oh no! Oh my god, the villain was just a slightly different coloured of the main character the whole time. Oh my god. Oh oh my god. (laughs) Well, it's chosen episode number 83. What was 83? Oh, doves will cry when you know what a number 83 is. Uh, Will you die for it? I don't know. Uh, but, uh, uh, what's some other Prince movie names? Uh, I don't know. Is it Purple Rain? It's Purple Rain. Oh! It's Prince's terrible movie, Purple Rain, which is a great album, but the movie was awful. Yeah, it was. Oh, I'm glad, I'm glad you agree. Yeah, that movie was, that movie was also long (laughs) and boring, but more boring than this movie, I'd say. Yeah. Which was unfortunate, because the music was good. Purple Rain, so it's Purple Rat. Race. Mm. Purple Rat Rain. Well, this is where I want to do my Hollywood sequel, right? Yeah. Where you can have all the Hollywood cast, oh, which yeah. includes Prince. Oh, we bring Prince back from the dead. Oh, no. Yes. Prince is entirely like he's like a CG, the sort of thing they're doing for Luke Skywalker at the moment, right? It's just like a full CG guy. Ah, uh, yeah, absolutely. That way we can, you know... What's that thing where you desecrate a grave? What's that called? Des- grave desecration? That, that, no, no, it's where you, like... It's what they did with, like, Stan Lee promoting NFTs, you know? Ugh. His Twitter account, yeah. What's that? Um, it's called Being Human Scum. <laughs> yes, we could do that! Excellent! Um, where we, we CGI prints... Uh, we get some of his great songs. That way we don't have to worry about, like, Smash Mouth or anything at the end. No. Because we could have some great Prince songs. Who does the voice? What do we get, like, old archival footage of Michael Jackson? <laughs> to do the Prince <laughs> to voice. To do the Prince voice. <laughs> to, uh, wait. Oh, fantastic. There's more people. We can just... Oh, no. This is getting worse by the <laughs> it's second. Terrible. Uh, and then they've got to do the rat race. And they're all playing themselves, I guess. Who do we cast? Like, The Rock, obviously, yeah. if, if we're, we're making this now. The Rock, yep. 
Jack Black, The Rock, Jack Black, Kevin Hart, and Karen Gillan. Yes. Wow, that was easy. <laughs> when does this movie come out now or in two thousand and one? Right. We've never really specified. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like, I'd, if it's coming out two thousand and one, who who's big in two thousand and one? Uh, Rowan Atkinson, Rowan John Atkinson, Cleese, yeah. Whoopi Goldberg. I don't. I don't think this would. I think. I think this is a. I think this is a. This doesn't come out in two thousand and one because the film came out in two thousand and one. I think this is a sequel crossover, right? So it comes out after at some point. Yeah, like two thousand four, two thousand five. Yeah, Jolie, Angelina, Lena Jolie, the Wyans brothers. Who can play the nice one that turns out to be really fucking evil at the end? Like pulls out a gun. Uh, the lead, the lead from um, the lead from American Pie. What's his name? Jason something. Jason Biggs. Yeah, mm. Jason Biggs would be good in that role. Yeah, I just want someone to be like the very nice one that everyone's like. They're the everyone assumes is too good for this race sort of thing, and they're really nice. They're helping all the other things, and at the very end, they're the one that like has the money and they like pull out a gun and it's like this is mine i'm taking this fuck you brendan fraser's got to be in it obviously mm. uh, mm. he's pretty popular i want uh for no reason whatsoever zach efron he would be a kid <laughs> he's a child yeah, <laughs> yeah baby zach efron yeah mike myers mm. oh all right as who? As the John Cleese? Yeah. Uh, no, it would have to be. So for the John Cleese character, you would have to you'd have to have someone who's like popular, but like a little bit older. Like my, Mike Myers would be the Rowan Atkinson. Yeah, mm. he would. Yeah. I'm having a look at like who was popular then. We've got Depp, mm. Jennifer Aniston, Jennifer Aniston, Halle Berry. National Treasure came out that year. Oh yeah. Do we put the cage in? <laughs> That could be fun. Yeah. Of course you do. Why not? Hang on. Don't each of us come up with a sequel idea? Not anymore, but I... if you've got your own idea, go for it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's more like a combined effort nowadays. So my big idea for a crossover Purple Rain Rat Race sequel, Purple Rat Rain, uh, would be that it's it's a ripoff of the Blues Brothers. <laughs> oh, no. uh-huh. And that yep. actually they need, a st- they need to organize this concert, this charity concert. Oh, yeah. Mmm. Uh, which is also kind of, you know, tying into the ending of Rat Race, is, like, they the first, the, the concert went so well that they were all, ta- you know, uh, they had to become part of organizing the next charity concert. And, but, but to do that, they have to, like, go across all over the world now instead of just America. They have to, ah, but it's, yes. But, and so all these musicians uh, are in it and uh, they have to try and, you know, track everyone down. And then... There's like one like reclusive, famous reclusive mu- musician who they have to go and and convince, and and has set some bet that whoever can reach him first, he'll give two million dollars. Oh or, yeah, or like three adjusted for inflation. That's my idea. Very good, Sandro. What's your idea? My idea <laughs> is that Hollywood runs out of money and the studio goes bankrupt and it never happens. Yay! Oh, and they have to make their own as themselves to finance the movie, like we said before. Oh, yeah. The whole movie's played by, like, producers. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, the whole movie is about making enough money to make the movie. Yes. All right, next segment, Zach. All right. (laughs) My God, this is a long one. So, normally, this would be time for Rotten Reviews. Yes. Part of the show where I get reviews from Rotten Tomatoes. But 
We've gone for such a long time and most of the reviews were shit. <laughs> so I have a different little segment this week, a little bonus segment, a little challenge. I'm going to throw out all these garbage reviews and we're just going to concentrate on one that I found because one of them was fantastic. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I'm throwing the format completely out. So um, normally what happens is I tell you the name of the reviewer and their review and you have to guess the score. And you will do that on the first one. But then there's a little bonus thing after that that I will sh explain when we get there. So the reviewer's name is better than Over the Hedge? Question mark. Oh, I've heard of this account. <laughs> and they said, quote marks, Rat Race is better than Over the Hedge. Now, Over the Hedge is an animated kids film. Yep. From, I want to say, 2008? 2006. I was close. 2006. 2006. Ben, have you seen Over the Hedge? I sure have not. <laughs> ah. it's, it's an all right animated film. If your whole account's dedicated to is, is something better than Over the Hedge, what would you rate Over the Hedge? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is a good question. That's really where it comes down to. I feel like Over the Hedge <laughs> is probably a fine three out of five movie. <laughs> so I'm going to guess this review's 3.5. That's a good guess. I mean, I can't fault that logic. I feel like I, I, I don't want to do the thing where I'm going to just guess the same as Sandro. Because cause the thing is, this person might think that Over the Hedge is one of the worst things that they've ever seen. Oh, yeah. Mm. And so maybe they've based their entire account on the fact that actually Over the Hedge is like a one star film. And if something's better than Over the Hedge, or maybe like everything is better than Over the Hedge for this person. Mm. So maybe maybe actually they've given this film like two stars and it said that it's better than Over the Hedge. Maybe Over the Hedge is their favorite movie and that they've given Over the Hedge like four and a half stars and that this is better than Over the Hedge and that actually that it's five stars. Mm. But um, do you know what? Yeah, for the sake of not going the same as Sandra, I'm going to say two <laughs> stars. <laughs> that That's a very noble thing of you to do. Yeah. Um, also the incorrect thing for you uh... to do because it was 3.5. Hey, whoa, I got it right. <laughs> yeah, you got it right. You were on the money there. Now I've got a little bonus section here because I looked up their account and they've reviewed quite a few movies. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to tell you a few of the movies and you have to guess just yes or no. Was it better or was it not better? <laughs> ah, this is a good segment. I like this. So your first movie is Ice Age. Ooh. I always used to prefer Ice Age 2, but granted I was four and had no taste. So mm. uh, oh, it's got to be better though. Like, Ice Age is very well remembered. At least the first one is. Mm. So I'll say better? Uh, yeah, uh, absolutely better. Yes, you're both correct. It is definitely better. The next one, John Wick. Was it better? I don't know this person's taste. I'm going to go with <laughs> not better. Ooh, Ooh, that's a bold statement. Yeah, if their whole account is about over the hedge, I'm guessing they like kids movies yeah and john wick is not so i'll say worse no i'll say better i'll say better you'll say better for the sake of being different wow don't don't just do that go with what you really feel sandro because otherwise you're correct sandro it is yes it was better mm. it was better it was better it oh, was better there's so much more stakes was jackass 3d <laughs> better than over the head oh that's the worst one of those movies <laughs> that's the worst one Yes, but was it better than Over the Hedge? I mean, Bruce Willis in Over the Hedge sounds like 
he's being tortured. Yes. By being in this movie. <laughs> yeah. But I don't think that beats actual people being tortured in a movie. Mm. So I'll say Jackass 3D is better. Ben. Worse. Uh, you are correct, Ben. It is definitely worse. <laughs> it is not better than Over the Hedge. Well, what did this person think? <laughs> you see, the joke there is that... <laughs> All right. Right then, Sandro. Uh, sorry, uh, Ben, this time, I think, was the B-movie Whoa. better than Over the Hedge? Well, I feel like B-movie better than... I'm going to say not better. Ooh, not better by Ben. Yeah, there's no way that B movie beats over the hedge. There's no way. Ah, you're both wrong. Uh-huh. It actually go. was better than Over the Hedge. Uh, Paul Blart Mall Cop 2. Oh, the second one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I forgot they made a sequel. I for the sake of the meme, I'll say better. You know what? I like I feel like this is it, this is uh, a meme it's a meme account and meme accounts love the b movie and meme accounts love paul blart too so i'm gonna say sure it's better ah you're both correct you're both correct it is better than over the head yeah yep. all right over the he- better or <laughs> than over the hedge account we get your deal now you go home <laughs> all right we've got two more left we've got diary of a wimpy kid the long haul the, lo- the long ho- oh is it the live action one Yep, that's a 2017. Oh, they made one that recently? Oh my goodness. Yep. Uh, over the Hedge is better. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. Yeah, you're both correct. You're both correct. It is better. And finally, Spy Kids 3D. Oh, I thought you were going to say Morbius. <laughs> no, no, no. But unfortunately, they stopped posting two years ago. Oh, thank fuck. <laughs> Oh my god. Spike Kids 3D is great. I love it. It looks like a nightmare and it's wonderful. Yep. So I will say uh, Spike Kids 3D is better than Over the Hedge. Yeah, better. It is not better. It is not better than Over the Hedge. Unfortunate. So what's the final tally, Sandra? I wasn't keeping score. Neither was I. Very good. The winners is the people who didn't play the game. Yay! Hey, I could probably uh, future me just interject right now. Hey, future me, can I ask you who won that little battle? Pretty sure it was Sandra. Yeah, I think Sandra got more right. Oh, thank you so much for the voting confidence there, Ben. Yes, uh, you are correct. I did win with five points against Ben's four points. But, you know, in the end, I feel like we're all winners. Just a thought. Anyway, back to you, past me. Oh, thank you, future me. But you're right. We are all winners in the end. Ah, uh, shut ben- up. You actually get to plug your stuff. If you lost, you wouldn't get to. <laughs> but because we're all winners, y- you can. Sure. I've got nothing particular coming up, but uh, have a look at my website. Uh, listen to my old podcasts. And um, I've got a red bubble. Oh. W- what is your website? My website is benvoltrock.com. What was that? Sorry, I didn't quite hear that. Could you say that one again? Join the race. Oh, oh shit. Uh, it's benvoltrock.com. And there's links to some of the stuff I did on audio, video, writing, 
and yeah, there's a red bubble. And there's a red bubble uh, where the new Join the Race t-shirt will be up soon. <laughs> <laughs> no, no copyright infringement. Join the race. Uh, and uh, that's all. Links to everything in the description. Links to our stuff too if you want to come check us out. We're on all the things, uh, Facebook and, and Instagram and all that for updates on when we post. We've also got that little Patreon where we are wrapping up the K-Drama, the summer of Nick Cage movies, with our final movie, Face Off, that is up on Wednesday. Mm. Uh, and then we will decide what we do after that on there. That's up there. Bonus episodes uh, are, are upwards of five US dollars every month. And ad-free episodes also head up there for one US dollar a month. Uh, you can check that out in the link in the episode description. And now Zach's got to make a choice. Got to pick a film. You've got to be like, which film do I want to do? Also, thanks to our network, That's Not Canon Productions, yeah. and Josh Cake for our theme song. Ben, will you help me read out some of these options? Yeah, sure. Your first movie option for next week is Bubble Boy. I picked that one. It's a man, he's born without an immune system and starts to live life inside a physical bubble. I That rings some sort of bells. I may have seen that, I don't know. Uh, it's Jake Gyllenhaal, he's good. I think I saw that on TV. Hmm. Uh, the next one, uh, I feel like we don't have to read that one out oh. to, to reject it. So the next one is... Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> the next one is... Uh, but the, the the one after that is Ghosts of Mars, <laughs> which is... Oh, that is the next nice one. You read nice. out the option. Yeah, I'm not going to read that. You don't even need to... Why would you watch it? Well, um, because the, it's every movie that came out this week all in right, 2001. Sandra, you can read that one out. Oh let, my let Ben God. read out the good I movie. I, I feel like you don't... Like, you don't need to... Okay, here, here's... here's a, sure. Okay, uh, let's read out the actual next one, which was... Uh, no, I'm not going to do it. Um, Ghost... <laughs> So here's Ghost of Mars, John Carpenter's sci-fi horror about fighting ancient Martian demons. Oh, great, great stuff. Love that one. Uh, terrible movie. <laughs> the option that Ben didn't read out was The Curse of the Jade Scorpion, uh, which is a Woody <laughs> Allen movie. So, yeah, don't pick it. Yeah. That, so why even mention it? <laughs> why even mention it? Uh, you've got Happy Accidents, which is a rom-com between a regular woman and a guy who claims to be from the year 2470, which is a, a great year to be if you want any of the films from this podcast to be oldies. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, you've got Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Wow. Kevin Smith movie. Two friends realize a film was being made about them. As uh, they aren't getting any residuals from it, so they set out to try and stop that film from being made. <laughs> that sounds incredible. Yeah, it's uh, pretty classic Kevin Smith meta stuff there. And the final uh, choice that you've got, Zach, is Summer Catch. Uh, Sandro claims it is a typical rom-com. I do. Oof. Guy falls in love, but her dad doesn't approve. Wow. Insightful stuff. Wow. Who wrote that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but I'm definitely not picking that film now. What are you picking, Zach? I don't I don't know. <laughs> Those aren't good options. <laughs> Maybe I'll pick the curse of the gin. No. No, don't do um, that. <laughs> no, no. Um I'm I'm dialing up between Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, because that sounds incredible. Yeah. The Ghosts of Mars, because that does sound very fun. 
or Bubble Boy, but I think I've seen Bubble Boy. I think you've seen Bubble Boy. Giant Silent Bob Strike Back is completely inaccessible if you haven't watched every Kevin Smith movie up until that point. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, his films are, uh, his films after Dogma, I'd say, are just inaccessible if you don't like him. Oh, okay. And aren't already aware of what he is. Well, if I pick it, I have to watch the previous movies, right? (laughs) That's like five movies. Oh, God. I don't want to do that then. Nice justification. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, thank you. I I have a life. Um, So it's either Ghosts of Mars or Bubble Boy. Yeah, Ghosts of Mars or Bubble Boy. Would you agree with that assessment of Kevin Smith movies, Ben? I've uh, I've seen Clerks. And I've seen no other Kevin Smith films. Okay. So I reserve my judgment, but I feel like I've seen Clerks. So I've seen other Kevin Smith films. But again, I haven't, I can't, you know, confirm that. I'll, uh, I think I go with uh, Ghost of Mars. Why? Ghost of Mars. That does sound. <laughs> no. Because I looked it up and the pictures are amazing. Why not watch it? Why not have the excuse of watching a John Carpenter film, even if it's not one of his good ones? It's bad. It's bad. <laughs> it's <laughs> really, the, I mean, it's kind of funny. <laughs> the demons look like just a heavy metal band. Yeah. It's great. At least it's not as bad as Escape from L.A., which is probably his worst film. It's been a while since we did a sci-fi, and we, we like our sci-fis. I would, I would legitimately probably pick Ghosts of Mars because, ah! well, I've, I, I haven't seen it. And so it would be nice to feel, uh, nice to see a, a John Carpenter film that I haven't seen. Looks like you're, you're outvoted, Sandra. Oh no. <laughs> Does he make the music? At least that'll be a plus if John Carpenter made the soundtrack. <laughs> I think he might. Yeah, he did. What's the cast? Ice Cube. Yeah. Okay. And Jason Statham. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm not saying I picked it because I saw a picture of Ice Cube and Jason Statham in the same movie, but I want to see my family-friendly rapper and and my Megalodon-killing action hero in the same movie. I'm looking at, like, every film that we've done this year, like, recently, right? And the only film that I've given higher than like a three is Fast and Furious. And that was three months ago. <laughs> <laughs> and we got to keep it that way, I feel. Oh, all right. Ghost of Mars next week. Let's wrap it up with the best quote from, uh, what did we just, uh, from Rat Race. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite quote has got to be, wake up. The third Reich is here. SS in the parking lot. <laughs> yep. What's your favorite quote, Zach? Uh, I'll I'll end it with what I wrote down as my review. All good movies contain Smash Mouth, but not all movies with Smash Mouth are good movies. Oh, uh, my! I have joint first. Um, one of the quotes is "Look, I'm Mrs. Hitler." Nice. And the other one is "You should have bought a squirrel," <laughs> which I'm claiming as a quote because. It, Text was written on screen. Turns out the real rat race was the squirrels we met along the way. The squirrels we didn't purchase along the way. You see, the joke there is... Join the race.